Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Beat. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Beat, part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Chris Torres, joined by my co-host, Carlos Marcano. Carlos, how you doing today? One day at a time, man, in the tropical Costa Rica land, man. How is it down there, man? We are in the... Actually, for New York, winter's been pretty mild. We've been pretty lucky. Uh, what's it like in down where you're at? Oh, man, I don't want to get too jealous, man, but it's 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 around... 30 nice Celsius degrees and oh just sun, no rain at all because we are in our summer. It's it's gorgeous. Not to make you feel bad, but it's gorgeous. Man. Hey, I'm feeling pretty bad, feeling pretty bad. But uh, I don't know. You got any room over there, man? Because I'm uh, I, I need a little getaway. It's like right around this time of year. I feel like I got to just, you know, I'm like cool with cold weather winter up until like the second week in January. <laughs> Once we hit that point, I'm like, all right, let, let, let's get this over with already. Because it's just, you know, I'm thinking of of baseball, of the spring. And it's like that month and a half stretch, especially because like sports is kind of dead, right? You know, yeah. like you get the Super Bowl, but then like these next couple of weeks is is kind of not much going on. Thankfully, yeah. we're going to get some spring training coming up here. So that'll kind of occupy us. But uh, yeah, just, just trying to get through this period here, trying to get to the start of baseball season. Um, but listen, we got an awesome guest today. We've got Kurt Hogg of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel joining us to talk all things Brewers. Uh, I'm going to bring him in right now. Kurt, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And it's like four in the forties here, mid forties in Wisconsin. So yeah, we, okay. So you guys are pretty lucky too. I'd imagine that's, that's not normal. Mild. It feels tropical. Yeah. (laughs) compared (laughs) to I'm not in Arizona yet, but. I will be in a few weeks, but this is this is spring enough. Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling? Uh, I asked our last guest this, but I'm always interested to hear, like as a beat writer with spring training approaching, how are you feeling? Are you feeling excited about heading down to Arizona? Um, are you like, I don't know, like, are you just trying to enjoy these last few weeks here? What is, what is this like here? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a strange dynamic. Uh, Cause this is, this was my first real spring training. Uh, I went down for like a couple weeks last year after I, you know, I first, that was my first year on the job. So uh, I was and it was kind of a fake, a fake spring in a way. So this right. was my first, my first <laughs> full spring. one. Um, so I've, after the end of last year, I was telling people I was excited to miss baseball again. And I think, I think we're back to that. Yeah. I, I think, I think I'm ready. Okay. All right. You had enough of a break here. So you're, you're ready to get, get back on the grind. Um, so tell us if we like to ask our guests, like, uh, a little bit about their history, like how they got into the industry and, and just a little bit uh, about their work. So if you could just, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm, I'm, fr- I'm from the Milwaukee area. I went to college uh, in Wisconsin, and then I've worked. I've worked at the at the Journal Sentinel now for five, six years. Um, I got my first job at a really small paper in a small town, Minnesota, where it is even colder, and uh, and it was 
as a city kid, I was, it was a much, much different environment, but uh, I'm back in Milwaukee now. And yeah, I worked, I worked high school sports for the last five years. So that was a lot of fun uh, and kind of a good, uh, a, a good seg segue into, into covering baseball. Um, a lot of fun covering, covering those, those kids around here. The basketball scene is really good. A couple other sports are, are pretty good up here. Surprisingly, like not, not so much hockey. Uh, you'd think really? you think there'd be more hockey up here, but uh, not really. Okay, very. Right. So you yeah. you you did the circuit. You did the high school sports, and and you paid your dues, so to speak. And and now you got the Brewers job. So congrats on that. This is now your your second year covering them. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, you can find uh, Kurt's work over again at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Um, definitely go check it out. He's got some really cool prospect stuff. So, uh, I was, I was checking that out earlier. So we'll get a little bit, uh, into that and look at some of these exciting young players that the Brewers got coming up through their system here. But, uh, Carlos, start us off with asking about, uh, the outfield situation here. Yeah. Let's get into the nitty gritty, man. Help us, Kurt, to find out how is that outfield playing time going to shake out, man. We're trying to, to... <laughs> To see how those those pieces are going to fit, and it, it looks like a good problem because there are many many pieces. But how will they fit together? How do you think they are going to fit together? Yeah, I mean, to start, you've got Yelich in left field, and he'll play pretty much every day as long as he's healthy. That's the big question um, with him is health, and obviously, the production's tailed off significantly from where he was. Um, so I guess the other big question is, is it possible for him to get back to that level? But either way, he's going to play every day. Uh, and, and then center, center field is kind of an interesting picture there. You've got you know Garrett Mitchell, one of the team's top prospects, got a little cup of coffee in the bigs at the end of last year, performed well in some areas, not so well in some other areas, like he struck out a ton. Um, Tyrone Taylor's a name that's kind of been around for a while as more of a fourth outfield type, uh, but he's the, he's the righty uh, in, in that mix. And then, they, you know, we can talk more about all the outfield center field prospects that they've got coming up. Sal Freelich is generally considered the team's number two prospect overall, like a top 50 guy in all of baseball. But the, this, it seems like Garrett Mitchell's going to get the job to start the year. We'll see how long that lasts. You know, Freelich doesn't have a ton left to prove in AAA. So if he hits the cover off the ball down there or Mitchell struggles, um, it could go either way. And then Jesse Winker was probably the, Along with William Contreras, that catcher was the big bat that they got this offseason, right? Yeah. Um, it's still un- unclear exactly if he's going to DH a lot or play in the outfield a lot, but uh, but I think there's some the, – the Brewers certainly hope there's a lot of breakout potential uh, in that bat, kind of getting back to what he did with the Reds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, there's just a lot of pieces here, like Carlos mentioned, and uh, there, there's just a lot of different ways it could shake out. Uh, you you didn't sound particularly confident on Garrett Mitchell. You mentioned his uh, his swing and miss, uh, and you were kind of like, well, I guess he's <laughs> going to start the year in center field. So if you had to, uh, I don't know if you're a gambling man, but uh, if you had to to put a bet down, who do you think by July is going to be manning that center field position for them? Yeah, that's like, I want to say Mitchell because I think he's going to start the year as the main center fielder. Okay. But... Uh, I would also I would bet on Sal Freelich's profile playing well. You know, um, the thing with Mitchell is he's probably the better defender, and that sort of gives him a, ni- a nice little floor there, and he's really fast as well. 
But Freelix contact is off the charts. I think he struck out like 10% of the time or something at AAA, just some absurd number. Uh, and there's a little bit of power in there too. So if I if I had to bet, I'd I'd go with Freelick, uh, which is tough to tough to say because he's you know he's not on the forty man right now. Right. There's two guys ahead of him probably on the depth chart, but uh, I, I would place a bet on that bat. Okay, all right, yeah, Carlos. He I don't know. I, I'm not a huge prospect guy, so maybe I'm you know speaking out of turn here. But he almost reminds me of like this year's potentially Stephen Kwan, you know, a guy who just like makes contact and I, I could envision a scenario where this guy shows up and just balls out in spring training, you know, and just like, they can't get him out. And, and he finds his way um, onto the club. That does concern me a little bit though, that he's not on the 40 man and not the be all end all, but you know, he's got some, some hurdles to jump over, but uh, yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, Tyrone Taylor, uh, are you thinking that he is more of like a fourth outfielder type? Or do you think one of these other young guys by the midseason is going to kind of stake more of an everyday claim there? Yeah, Tyrone Taylor. I, I like Tyrone Taylor as a player a lot. I just don't know if he's – I mean, he, we've we've seen enough of him to kind of say that, okay, they would probably prefer to have one of these other young guys step up and take the job. And then um, the, the offense is just better off and the team's better off when Taylor's a fourth outfielder, which is a role he's, you know, that's where he's better fit than being the everyday center fielder. Joey Weimer is the other interesting name. Uh, there's a little more refinement in his game compared to Freelick, who's, you know, the, the, the contact heavy guy, whereas Joey Weimer is going to swing and miss a lot, but he's also going to hit the ball really far a lot. Uh, he's kind of, he's the upside guy, I think out of that, uh, the Mitchell, Weimer Freelick group, which is all at AAA last year, or at the end of last year. So he's also not on the 40 man. Uh, that does seem to be sort of a, an important note to add with the Brewers. They historically have, you know, as a lot of teams do, but especially the Brewers do it, they do put some weight on, you know, who's on the 40 man and try to maximize what they can get out of their entire roster. And so he's, he's probably the farthest away, but he also, tore the cover off the ball at AAA. So if he does the same for the first two months, who's to say uh, he doesn't come up? Although he's right. He's, he's a right fielder. He's a really good and athletic right fielder, but he's not, he's not playing center like the other guys would. Okay. All right. So thanks for, for going into that with us. Um, you mentioned all of these guys, Freelick, uh, Weimer. Uh, you didn't mention Jackson Churio, but, uh, not These yet. are kind of their their prize prospects. So, you know, we've got some people who are really into into dynasty leagues, you know, and I've been following these guys for years. But uh, I want to get your take also because I, I know that you wrote some of them up uh, recently for Prospects Week. Um, uh, who out of those players are you most bullish on long term? I mean, I think the answer is is Cheerio. Like all the the people in the industry that you really trust, you know, both within the, the organization and outside, like there's a reason this dude is ranked in the top 10, pretty much consensus at age 18. He'll be 19 this year. So there's, there's reason it, I, I, the answer there would be Cheerio. But uh, if I had to go off of that and give another one. So this is a guy I've actually been trying to trade for uh, in, I play one league, but it's more than enough commitment in his dynasty. Been trying to get Joey Weimer off of off of my buddy uh the problem is i wrote about joey weimer uh 
And I wrote about why I think he, like the plate discipline strides he made might they be were your intentions. And, and so now I, I write about it and then I'm like, Joey Weimer, is he available? And then it's like, <laughs> it's not, it's not happening for me. So I, I think he's, I mean, he's, he's got like 70 grade speed. He's really fast. He'll still 20 bases in the big leagues. Um, and in like the, the fantasy profile is super intriguing there as well. And, He's kind of ranked on the outskirts of the top hundred in a lot of areas, and could be, you know, he's the guy that I think could shoot up. It it could all backfire if he strikes out a ton, but mm-hmm. the upside's there. Sounds so, like there's there's a lot of tools there in that fantasy friendly yeah. profile. We're all looking for that power speed combo, so uh, definitely uh, some potential there. You mentioned Jesse Winker, Carlos. You want to get into yeah. that with Kurt? Yeah. And, and, and listening, uh, Kurt talking about all these young dudes and 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 all like all the flexibility that Milwaukee already had. It makes me wonder what's Jesse Winker doing around, you know? And I I, I guess I'm not the only one because he looks like a reclamation project that mm, you don't know how far and well it's going to go, you know? And um, do you think there's a plan to, to fix Jesse Winker or, or just, you know, playing it by ear? Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see because, I mean, they they gave up Colton Wong, you know, who was one of their better hitters last yeah. year for him. And the expectation there is that Jesse Winker will play regularly, um, especially, I mean, against righties every, every day, uh, maybe get some time in right field, but a primary DH and, the Brewers got him to be the guy that he was in Cincinnati. I think there's some reason, yeah, there's some there's some reason to believe that he can be that guy again. And last year was sort of the aberration, but there was definitely enough struggles in Seattle last year. I think both on and off the field with some injury stuff as well. That yeah, mm-hmm. there's questions, but I mean, no doubt. Like if opening day was was tomorrow, I think he'd be hitting cleanup or hitting fifth or some. He'd be in the middle of the order at DH for this team and like. They need some thump. Rowdy Telez has a little bit, uh, and and the the guy that was in right field, Hunter Renfro, had some, but he's gone. That's what this offense needs, and that's what they need from him. And so I think they're going to give him a lot of chances to be that guy to prove himself, right? Yeah, he, he, roster resource have has him at fifth, just behind Contreras. So that that, that that's there is an indication there. Um, but now moving to the other side of the spectrum, we, we have Bryce Turang, uh, a young fellow, second baseman, and there's a lot of people interested in him. And, and uh, the problem with prospects and, and guys that are just up and coming is playing time. And especially for us, uh, degenerate fantasy players, you know, that, that, that's part of Speak our... for yourself, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. We'll talk no, about I'm worse that than later. You. I'm worse yeah. than you. <laughs> so... So what do you think are the odds that that the Turang plays 400 uh has 400 plate appearances in uh, with the big team? I take the under on on that number. Uh a couple maybe a month or two ago I would have taken the over it looked like he might be the starter but then you know they've kind of they've bolstered the depth there for sure and then signing Brian Anderson uh to play a lot of third base kind of slides Luis Urias over to second um and obviously with Willie Adamas at short, that makes it a, a tough, tough spot for Terang. I don't think he's going to start the year on the opening day roster. He's on the 40 man, which is 
to his, he was rule five eligible. So that's to his benefit, but they've also got Abraham Toro. They uh, traded for Owen Miller, a local kid um, who can kind of play everywhere as well. Mike Brasso at third base will play against lefties pretty regularly. Although I guess that doesn't really, doesn't really overlap with what Terang does, but it is an active roster spot. So there's just some hurdles there to clear uh, for Terang guy who hasn't played in the bigs yet. So I, I would take the under on that. Who do you think gets more plate appearances, him or Brian Anderson? Uh, Turang or Brian Anderson? Yeah. I think Brian Anderson. Yeah. I think, yeah. Because he can also play right. And they like if Winker, if Winker is, you know, not – he really struggled in the outfield last year, and he's also, like, not from completely, you know, 100% healthy. I don't know if they want to throw him out there in the field that often. They don't have a lot of right fielders. It's like Tyrone Taylor and, and Anderson. So – yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. An interesting guy. I mean, he was someone kind of flying under the radar in terms of fantasy because he was a free agent and nobody was excited about Brian Anderson. But I see his ADP creeping up now that he's signed and he could really be, he's going to like 400 somewhere. Carlos, he could be a pretty decent value for a guy who's sounds like he's going to get some good run at, at a few different positions. I've always liked Anderson in the past, but the problem is that he can stay healthy, man, and 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 that's a, yeah. a big problem. He he has a lot of talent. He he can play almost everywhere from third or outfield. He, he's a he's a really good uh, baseball player, but it, he just can can keep it together in, uh, and play in the in on the field as constant as we would like. Yep. Yeah. And and speaking about health, I mean, let's let's transition to the starting rotation here. Um, So we know that the Brewers got some studs up top. They have Woodruff, they have Burns, they have Peralta. Uh, So we'll go back to Peralta in a second. But before we go there, uh, who fills these other two spots in the rotation? I mean, are we looking is Wade Miley really going to be part of the starting (laughs) five here? Wade Miley is really going to be part of the starting oh, five. Uh, uh, a, lot, a lot of ground balls if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, Eric Lauer's a lock for number four, assuming he's healthy. Uh, there, there, there are some whispers that the Brewers might shop him this offseason, but I don't really think there was ever a whole lot to that. They got really – they got hammered by not having pitching depth last year, so I don't think they – even though they could trade from their depth, they don't really – they didn't really have a super large desire to do so. So Lauer is the four. And then uh, Aaron Ashby was kind, is kind of the name, the, the wild card here. Um, yeah. I'm super high on his stuff and his potential, uh, but he's going to miss the start of the year. He's had some, some shoulder injuries going back to last year, and we don't really know what the timetable is there. So that's why they signed Wade Miley. Is, uh, is, he's like a placeholder. Yeah. For there's Adrian Hauser as well, but he really struggled last year and might be better in a bullpen role slash as the sixth starter. So, yeah, it's it's uh it's Wade Miley at the back end. Wade Miley, my man, you just won't go away. Um, <laughs> uh, but I want to ask you about Peralta because uh, we were talking about health, and he's a guy that we know he's he's a great pitcher, but um, obviously last year he struggled with health and. Um, you know, people are a little bit down on him this year. I mean, last year he was going in the top 50, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and now he's going like a hundred picks later. Uh, so do you think that the Brewers are going to do anything like put any restrictions in place or kind of watch his innings as a way to keep him healthy? Do you have any 
have you caught any wind of, of any plans to um, you know keep him on the field? The thing to note is they're being super cautious with him right now in hopes of being able to get the most out of him. He probably, he could have pitched in the WBC for the Dominican. Uh, but I think that the, the team sort of was looking at that and saying, eh, may, maybe not. I, the, the, their other pitchers had full freedom to do so, but like Woodruff and Burns just opted to, to do a regular spring training. Uh, Freddie was really vocal about wanting to pitch in the WBC, but uh is not is not doing so and i think it makes a lot of sense he like you said couldn't stay healthy last year he had a, a couple of different issues and even when he was healthy like there was a game where he got pulled i think after six no hit innings um and it was all all of a sudden like wait he's 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 still got like you, there's a lot of fatigue concerns with his arm right now uh that people didn't really know about so yeah i i, I do think there's reason to be cautious like he's that delivery is pretty high effort uh he's a good athlete but it, it's a lot of strain on not a really big frame uh and he hasn't put together a full season in, in the big leagues as a starter yet but if he's healthy that's i mean him going at that spot of draft that'd be a steal he's got really he's got we've seen his stuff yeah <clears throat> yeah I, I mean that's that's a dilemma right he's and he's yeah. kind of going in a range there's like several guys kind of like uh like a dustin may he's kind of going around there and and kind of a similar archetype of player you know but you know what I, i know you like dustin may chris but i would take peralta instead of may okay i mm. I, i think i think uh the probability of may breaking before peralta is higher man Really? Okay. All right. Well, we'll maybe have to table that for another episode. We have a little debate on that one. But um, okay, so a few more guys I wanted to cover and uh, going to go a little bit off script here, but going to ask you a few questions for selfish reasons, because these are some guys that have taken in some drafts lately. Uh, Kurt, tell me something positive about Willie Damas, because I'm taking him everywhere. I love him <laughs> this year. So make me feel good. Validate that for me. I, I'm, I will gladly do that. Willie Adamas, uh, can, can you get points for shortstop range? Because the, like, the real life Willie Adamas is like a fantastic shortstop defensively, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that, really. like it, The whole package makes him a top, certainly a top eight shortstop in baseball right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're probably going to get 30 bombs. He's been pretty durable. You get 30 bombs from your shortstop position. That's important. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be super high OBP, but uh, higher than it was last year when he was like around 300. So yeah, I think Willie Thomas is the best position player on this team by a pretty good margin. So I'll, yeah, I'll talk, I'll talk up your Willie Thomas pick. All right. I love it. I love it. You're making me feel good. Yeah. because. I almost feel like in in fantasy, and I don't, you tell me if I'm wrong, Carlos, but I feel like not a lot of people talk about him. Like he's almost like boring at this point. Like he kind of broke out already, and but he's 27 years old, you know. Like he's right, like in that prime year, yeah, uh, that prime age. And uh, guy, he had 30 bombs last year. He's not a zero in stolen bases. Who knows? Maybe he even takes advantage of the new rules here. Uh, not going to kill you an average hitting in the number two hole every day, man. I think he's just like a great, uh, a great pick where he's going. Um, also, I, I, I think he, he's a, a better pick than Dansby Swanson. That's that's a lot yes. to say because Swanson got this huge, yeah. this huge uh, contract. But I, I, I believe Adamas is way, way more valuable for 
for fantasy and for for regular yeah. uh, real life baseball. You know, and he's usually going after Swanson. In, yeah, in drafts, ten, so. ten picks, fourteen picks later. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take Adamas every time. Um, what about Christian Yelich? I mean, what about him? we? It, it's been frustrating uh, every year. We're we're kind of. I don't know. I, I don't want to say we because some people are smarter than me and are just giving up hope already on this. But like, I keep thinking he's going to go back to that, uh, at least some semblance of that 2019 form when he won MVP. Uh, because, you know, the the max exit velo looks good, like the, the contact quality looks good. But that ground ball percentage every year, it's like going up and up. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Kurt? Do you think... Like, is there any chance at this point that he makes that adjustment again and even brings it up to like sub 50%? What's going on there? Yeah, that's uh, that's the question that the Brewers are, are trying to figure out. What is going on there? And it, you're right, like, legitimately, I, I hate to oversimplify it, but if he just hits more fly balls, he's going to look maybe not like 2018, 2019 Christian Yelts, but he's going to look a lot closer to it. You mentioned that he's hitting the ball really hard all the time. Yeah. I think I think actually every fly ball that he pulled last year was a home run, which means there weren't many. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but it shows you when he's when he's hitting the hitting hitting it to right and elevating. Like he had a 500 foot homer at, at Coors. You know, guys yeah, just I remember that. Don't, yeah. They know it's Coors, but like guys don't do that. Yeah. So there's still those glimpses of like that's Christian Yelich that leave people hanging and you know you, you want to cling on to it I, I i don't know how i don't know if if the swing can go back to what it was um i'm not a hitting guru it feels like something that you could maybe not drastically turn it around but uh at least get more fly balls with the way he he hits it so I, I don't know what to expect. I, I've gone on. I've gone on uh, on our podcast of the Journal Settle and said, like, I think he's going to have a a really good year. Like, he could maybe be an all star for you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's, he, he very well could be an all star this year. Mm-hmm. But you know that ground ball rate. I feel like pretty early in the year we'll have a a good indication. And if he's he's hitting the ball in the air more, that's that's an opportunity to to buy, even if the results yeah. aren't showing right away. And I'll say this just real quickly, Carlos, you tell me what you think about about what I'm about to say. But I think spring training is kind of important, like to look for those types of things. Right. The two things that I'm looking for, I'm not looking at someone's average or whatever. They're RBIs. But sometimes when players and maybe I'm not saying it's going to be Yelich, but just I'm talking in general, when a player is uh, hitting more fly balls in spring training or their strikeout rate is lower. I've seen that that has some that's some signal there. Yep. Do you agree, Carlos, or do you just kind of throw spring training out? No, I, I think well, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But there are indications, and and you and you said things like that, uh, some plate discipline stuff that you can you can see in, in those early numbers. They, they might reflect that they are working in, in, in on something that they need to change. Yeah, but. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna break your heart, Chris, again. But I don't think Yelich is coming back, man. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, this is, the, the I'm thing go is, down the ship again, huh? The the thing is that I think that the fluke were the those 19 and 18 years. He was always right. a 62, 60 percent ground ball ground ball um, rate batter. 2000, 
1562. He was never uh, lower than 55 until those breakout years, and then he went back to to his original things. I hope I'm wrong because I love the guy, uh, and I got some very cheap share so I'm, I'm betting against my my, my um, own analysis but uh, I would be a little bit skeptical okay all right fair enough well we'll talk a little bit more about his ADP and and discuss whether it's it's worth it from a fantasy perspective um, to invest in Yellow this year but we are coming to a close on our, our time with you Kurt but we do we like to um, end our interviews with kind of some fun questions and just learning uh, maybe a little bit more about some things that you've experienced during your time covering the team. Uh, so I'm going to, these are kind of just like rapid fire, quick questions. But uh, first one for me is, have you ever gone down the big slide at America? Is it called American Family Field? I don't it know. is. It is. It is. No it longer is. Okay. The, the Bernie Brewer slide. Yeah. Have you ever gone down? The answer is no, I have not. I want was, to? I was I do want to. Although okay. so the story here is I was I was slated to go. Some one of the what team people was gonna bring me up there. You gotta, you know, sign waivers, permission, that whole right. thing. Uh, get someone to take you up there. But then the Dodgers uh, TV reporter, I don't know if you guys saw this or remember it, he like fractured his collarbone or shoulder or something going down the slide, and there's a padded wall that you slide into. And he whatever he did, he did it wrong and he injured oh, himself. Uh, and had to go like to the hospital in Milwaukee, and then he oh. was doing sideline reports in a sling. Get out! And of so here. the Brewers were like, "I think we're gonna we're gonna stop letting people do this uh, this year." <laughs> we don't. This was last more. year. This happened. This was last year. Yeah, while the Dodgers were in town. Yeah, wow. Uh, there was an injury on the slide. So, oh my god! I I at my trip down the slide got axed. Okay, but you're still so. But when they reopen it, I'm you're gonna, still yeah, planning. I mean, I'm, to do I'm, it. You're I'm, not I'm, scared. Please don't break anything. Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> There's like that that really hard left turn. Or I guess it's the uh-huh. right turn that you take. Like you watch Bernie slide down that thing. It's safe, right? But like he's he's <laughs> hanging over the edge just a little bit. So yeah. I'm absolutely petrified. But I have to do it. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't be the beat writer for the Brewers and not have gone down. I mean, it looks fun. Uh, I see like you can even like just a regular anybody can. I don't don't know about now since this guy got injured, but I saw on the website like you can sign up to go. Right. Just like fans. I'm not sure. I I do not. Okay. Yeah, I thought I I saw that. But yeah. Okay. I know right, well, keep, keep us posted. Take video. Uh, we'd love to have you back on and hear about <laughs> your experience down the slide. Um, we'd also love to see you. Uh, we know that Milwaukee is also famous for the uh, the sausage race. Um, so my next question to you is: I'd like you to give me your projected order of finish in a hypothetical sausage race. All right. So here are the contestants: you, Rowdy Telez. CC Sabathia and former former Milwaukee Brewer great Jeff Jenkins, who I, I believe the, has participated in this before. I don't I know if he won. The Jeff Jenkins inclusion. It's like I can tell you, you can see where we're going with it with the other guys and then Jeff Jenkins. Oh yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah. I it just it brought I, I just love naming like random nineties Yeah, people. Like, <laughs> it just makes me happy. Um so which so what would be the order of finish and which sausage would you choose? 
well, I would choose first off, I would choose either the Polish or the hot dog. You don't want to be chorizo. It's not the the, the hat, the sombrero. Uh-huh. It's not good for aerodynamics, for sure. Ah, so, so you've been yeah, scouting just, this out. The, you, I, you've got well, your eye on this. I haven't. I haven't run it, but some other. I'm trying to. Another thing I'm trying to. I'm trying to gather up enough reporters to do it one game this year, uh, and a couple of them haven't. So that's that's their that's their tip. So, no uh, uh, So, uh, all right. Where do you think you'd finish out of those four? Uh, well, I would beat Rowdy. I'm like, really? And I'll tell, I'll, I will tell him that I said this too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, when I see him in spring training, I'll, I'll let him know that I would beat him in this race. Uh, <laughs> I feel like CC's slimmed down. I feel like he's, he has, yeah. yeah. I feel yeah. like he could torch me. Yeah. CC could torch me for sure. Um, Jeff Jenkins got to be like 50. He got to be in his 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but his experience in the race, I, I think, would give him a little bit of an advantage. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he knows is. the right path, I, you know. So um, <laughs> that's yeah, okay. that's, it's tricky. If you give me, if you give me a couple months to train for, like right now, I'd probably actually lose. Right. But uh, but when I get like when I get the sausage race date circled on my calendar, I will be at the gym on the treadmill <laughs> doing yeah. sprints. You're not gonna embarrass so, yourself. Yeah. You're gonna go out there and, and put in yeah. the, a good effort. You did, you did your spring your spring training before. Yeah, to get ready for that. I think I, I instead of running against pro athletes, though, I'd much rather run against the other uh, the other reporters from Milwaukee. <laughs> That's a oh, safe. Okay. I like my right. chances a little better against the uh, against the, the press box wags. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so cool. So so Kurt. Talking, keeping on the on the light side, who who has been your favorite player to cover? Or, or on on your time in your time with the with the team? It's I mean it's only been the one year, but uh, he's he was he was not when he was non tendered this year. Uh, Brent Suter. It was like a a lot of fans were disappointed, and I think all the media were as well. The local media, um, Brent Suter, just the nicest guy, uh, just a good dude. Uh, Great guy in the clubhouse, you know, for both the media and teammates. Um, super genuine, really funny. Uh, so, so Suter's, Brent Suter is probably the guy. Willie Adamas is also another awesome guy that comes to mind. Um, we gave Brandon the the Milwaukee media chapter gave Brandon Woodruff our uh, our media good guy award for helpfulness. So he's always he's always a great quote and super willing as well. But yeah, it's 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 Suter. It's it's definitely the Raptor. Yeah. Suter is also famous because he he uh, vouchered like a hundred wins in one of the past uh, seasons, something like that. So so he was a, a waiver wire popular pickup <laughs> yeah. in a lot of leagues. So so he he had like twelve in twenty, yeah, twelve in twenty twenty one, twelve wins. Yeah, they always a, have a place in our hearts for sure. They had the, the, the brewers in the, in the clubhouse, they had a little vulture uh that they would hang on. Really? Yeah. He hated he hated, hates the name, but uh oh, I guess they were yeah. well aware that he would take the wins. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um do you wanna do you have uh oh this is what a fun one. Who has the best beer cheese soup in town? Oh. And of course, Mike Carter. That was what he came up with. Of course, that's <laughs> what he focused Best on. Beer cheese soup in town. Um, I've had I've had a really good beer cheese soup at the Milwaukee Brat House, which is like a very that's I mean that's a very Wisconsin name for a restaurant, right? The Brat yeah. House. <laughs> uh, so I, I will 
I will go with that. It's it's near the Bucks Arena uh, downtown, so good spot to get a broad or some soup or a beer before a before a game. Yeah, uh, you hear it, guys. Make sure to to get your your soup over there when you when you're in town. <laughs> All right. Well, Kurt, we are at the end of our time, but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, uh, if you could just take a, a few seconds here to tell our listeners where they could find you on Twitter, where they could find your work. You also mentioned you had a podcast, which I wasn't aware of. So if you could plug that as well. Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, as all us, us degenerates are. I'm at <laughs> Kurt Hogue, uh, C-Y-R-T-H-O-G-G, Y instead of the U. My current, uh, my actual name is unavailable as a handle. So uh, I'm trying to get that back, but it's, it ain't working. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, you know, if, for more Brewers news, we've got our own Journal Sentinel uh, Brewers podcast. We call it the Micro Brew uh, Podcast. Nice name. Um, okay. So, yeah, we're on that as well. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, a lot of fun. I'm excited to, to get going here. All right. Well, best of luck this season. I uh, hope you enjoy your last couple of weeks here before you head down. But uh, again, thank you so much. And uh, we are going to take a quick break. Welcome back. We are here for our fantasy follow-up segment. I'm here again, joined by Carlos Marcano. Carlos, we're going to talk a little bit about these brewers at ADP. Um, so let's start out by you identifying who is one player going in the top 150 who you're most interested in at their current cost. And we're using NFBC ADP data. Yeah. Um, as much as I hate getting pitching at the, in the first, first rounds, Brandon Woodruff is just too tempting to let him pass at, at he's almost at the corner of the end of the second beginning of third round he's a legitimate ace and sp1 for any fantasy team that can be a contender and uh, at that price i I think i mean it's really there is very little that i could add that, that what he's capable of doing right he's just proven himself to be a great pitcher but i think that there there relationship between value and, and the ADP that he is having right now doesn't make justice to to what how good he is. This is a guy that he can give you 180 innings. He strikes more than one player per inning. He almost had a, a sub 3 ERA last season and he's done it in 2021 he was 2.56 He's almost a, a sub one whip uh, pitcher. I mean, there's just too much to like at and at that price. Uh, there, there. Depending on where you're picking, you could even try to get two big bats at the beginning and then get Woodruff at the beginning of the third round if you're lucky. You, you should you have. Watch, yeah, were you watching me today? Because that's the exact scenario that I had. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, I'm feeling a little creeped out. I just finished a um, uh, uh, the third round of a DC. It was a beat Eric Cross DC. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was excited to to get in on that. But uh, yeah, I took Kyle Tucker. I had the five pick, so I took Kyle Tucker. Um, 
I wanted I was gonna take Julio, but I already had Julio in another league, and I, I just I kind of wanted to diversify there. Right. Uh, right. So I ended up taking Tucker in the first. In the second round, I took Goldschmidt was there, uh, and then the third round, the scenario that I had was um, was Woodruff, and the other two pitchers I was looking at were Nola and Rodon. And again, I already had Nola and Rodon on other teams, so I was I didn't have any Woodruff. So that's ultimately why I ended up going Beautiful. with him uh, just to Beautiful. get some uh, exposure there. Uh, uh, but can can you, I bet on you to win that league? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll set up a side pot. Um, <laughs> so it sounds like you would you would take Woodruff over those two other guys, over Nola and Rodon, straight up. I, I'd probably decide between Nola and Hin. I think they are both interchangeable in, the, in that scenario, to be okay. fair. That's uh, kind of how I felt. You know, I yeah. felt they're kind of the same. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's kind of just a flip of a coin to, to as far as who's going to be better this year. Yeah. Um, so I figure I'll just grab him there and maybe my only share, you know, of him. But uh, yeah, I like him. It's just I don't know. I, I, I'm just being kind of nitpicky because I feel like Nola maybe is just a little bit of a safer bet for volume. Like even if you look in the baseball HQ forecaster, they've got Woodruff. They they give out health grades on a on an mm-hmm. A to F scale, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I feel like Woodruff just kind of has like these little things, you know. And maybe it's just bad luck. I, I know there's a whole you know we could talk for forever about the injury prone debate, but mm-hmm. uh, there's just like a little something there that I'm not quite as confident as I am in like an Aranola. But um, again, maybe I'm just overblowing. I mean, the guy is. He's an excellent pitcher. You know, past three years, he's had a 25% K minus walk percentage. Uh, there's really not too much to complain about there. So I'm on yeah. board, Carlos. Um, you know, I think as an SP1, uh, I think he's he's a fun guy to anchor your rotation. So for you, that's totally. that's who you're most interested in uh in the top one. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Um I already talked about your- I, I talked about Willie Adamas. He's my guy. Uh, I, I absolutely love him for all the reasons I mentioned before. I just, again, feel like he's being undervalued. Even if you put him into a, one of these like SGP projection, uh, you know, like an auction calculator, he comes out as a value based on his ADP, which is uh, just so everybody is aware. He is going at pick 94 uh, over the past few weeks here. So, nice. um, yeah, I just think he's... The power that he gives you, I, I think he's a decent bet to lead shortstops and home runs, uh, and he's not a zero in steals, so definitely love him where he's going. Uh, one guy we didn't talk about with Kurt, but I wanted to get your opinion on is uh, the new brewer, the new catcher for them, uh, William Contreras. Tell me a little bit, are, are you interested in him going at pick 120 right now? Um, he's going in like that third tier of catchers. Tell me, is he someone that you are interested in at that price? Uh, in every two catchers league that I'm drafting, I'm trying to get him. Okay. Because uh, he, he provides a really good value being the, in that third tier of, of catchers. I mean, he has power. He has improved a, a little bit. He, he was kind of a happy trigger uh, for some time, but he he's gotten better um, uh, in his that swing in swing rate, um, and, and he's gonna bat in the middle of a great lineup. You know, you 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 cannot 
you you well i don't know i don't know if it's great but yeah, yeah no yeah. It, it's good I, I, exactly I, I, yeah. and whenever you're batting fourth you get the chances at least absolutely yeah no, <laughs> you know i'll back back pedal a little bit there but to, to, <laughs> you call but, yourself there I, yeah. yeah i saw that <laughs> so so i mean he has he's can you know <laughs> tear the cover off the balls every time he he hits he hits it so I think Milwaukee did a, a great bet uh, going for the younger for the younger Contreras and and uh, we might see a, a, a 30 homers season from him that that's not really out of the uh, the question if he gets enough uh, at bats with he he should because Victor Caratini is not gonna take his his place anytime soon you know it's just for maintaining and things like that so. I think he's a great bet. Mm-hmm. I'm totally with you, man. I mean, he's really, he's not that different than his brother, right? I mean, two dudes who smash the ball. Uh, yeah. Both of them have a little bit of a, a ground ball lean, which limits uh, or caps their upside slightly. But the power, the raw power is just so good that, yeah. you know, he, he can get you, like you said, 30 home runs. So, Wilson, I think, is going maybe a round or two before him. Uh, so I, I'm targeting one of them. You know, I'm I want, you know, talking more general catcher strategy, like I want good catchers. And I know this has been talked about on other podcasts. So I'm not, not going to get too far into the weeds here, but um, yeah. in two catcher leagues, even in one catcher leagues, like there is a, a huge drop off. Uh, you want at least one of the, your uh, of your catchers in a two catcher league to be, you know, not most of them are not going to be everyday players unless you're getting like a, a Varsho or a Melendez, um, right. but someone who is going to play the majority of the games and, you know, and, and be a positive in some area. So these guys, both Contreras, I mean, they're going to, they're going to help you pretty much everywhere. Average may be, you know, a little bit shaky. Um, I know Wilson is kind of ba- uh, bounced up and down. Obviously, they're not going to give you much speed, but um, I-, I want one of those guys. I'm I'm totally with you. The power is just too good. And man, like I was in a draft not too long ago where I took Cal Raleigh. And um, after that, looking at the catchers that were available, like it falls off a cliff. You're so, going to end up with Martin Maldonado. You got to have a plan. <laughs> What's that? You you might end up with Martin Maldonado. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I ended up taking him in like the forty fourth round as as my uh, my third catcher, uh, which I just I felt gross. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you just you can't get stuck with these guys that you know are are going to be in a fifty fifty time share, and when they do play, you don't even know if they're how good they're going to be. You're yeah. you're really falling behind if you don't have a solid at least one solid catcher. Um, in a one catcher league, I guess maybe you could get away with it, but still, even in that, I, I want one of these like top 10 guys. Yep. So, um, That's yeah, right. I, I'm totally with you on William Contreras. Okay. So let's move to, let's go a little deeper and let's look at players going, uh, past pick 300, some guys that you identify as some quote unquote sleepers, uh, that you would be interested in at their price. Well, I'm going to give you a 500 plus guy. And it's 
I, I know a lot of people are going to start rolling their eyes when they hear his name, but it's Kiston Hira. Kiston Hira. All right. Yeah. Tell me, what do you like about him? Okay. We know he can hit the ball hard. We know that he has these streaks of brilliance <laughs> once in a while. But what might be a little bit under the radar is that he started doing more contact. I'm not not even gonna go as deep as great contact or bad contact. He was making contact, and uh, if you look at his rolling graph for the contact percentage for for last season, there is a steady a steady um, ramp. Really, I mean, not that. Uh, how do you say uh, inclined? Inclined is, is that, mm-hmm. but but a steady increment in his uh, contact percentage, and and at the end of the day, I think that's what the w- w- where the the matter is going to be with him. The, if he can contact, make contact with the ball. Keston Hura is a guy that I, I don't know if you if you're familiar with the dynamic hard hit rate. Which is yeah, it, it's kind of a way of of you know getting it, just not using a, a, that fixed ninety five mile miles per hour threshold. He has the same dynamic hard hit rate as Kyle Schwarber, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's on the same level as Byron Buxton, on the same level as Joey Gallo. The problem is that he also strikes out as, as Joey Gallo. I like so, Joey Gallo, yeah. So, so, so that's that's the the problem. But this is the kind of of guy, and I love this these guys that can hit the ball as hard as that, because every single minor improvement in contact will translate in a lot of gone balls, and if they can do it, just a couple of steps they can give you a big surprise. So, I mean, he's practically free. And if you're doing a 50 rounds draft uh, um, draft and hold, you can do a lot, wor- a lot worse <laughs> than taking Keston here in with your last uh, picks, you know? So I, I would give it a, a, a shot. I mean, the thing with him, though, is obviously there's the concerns with the strikeout rate, but, like, where does he play at this point? Yeah, you know, like they've got Luis Urias, uh, who's who's kind of he can bounce around. He can go to second, he can go to third. They've got Brian Anderson. Rowdy's going to hold down first. Even they've got Mike Brousseau, who can play. You know, he can be the short side platoon guy at first or third. I just don't know. Like I, I don't, I don't really. Yeah, but they also have that. Jesse Winkerman, uh, uh, Jesse Winker, and we don't know if that's going to work. You know. Yeah. So, so you think maybe like if if that doesn't work out, some DH time for him. You know, it's very good. How do they say that the better with the old known that the good the the, the newer good one to yeah to something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So Kesson here, that's your guy going. Uh, What's yours? Your, your your deep sleeper. Um, I don't know who. <laughs> <laughs> Who is my guy? I mean, I don't really see anybody jumping out here that's uh, too interesting. I mean, Wade Miley is <laughs> in the rotation. Uh, he's going to pick 530, uh, even still not a chance at hell. Um, I want to be interested in Sal Frelick. Frelick, Frelick. Uh, he's going to pick 465. 
But the fact, and and this may be really silly, but the fact that he's not on the forty man, and like we talked about with Kurt, like yeah. I feel like there's there's some hurdles there for him to overcome. Um, I just don't know. I, I know it's late, but in a DC, there's still some pretty good players going at that range. Yeah, right. So, uh, I you know I'll give you this is not past pick five hundred, but Brian Anderson. We talked about it. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I picked 434 over the past yeah. few weeks here. So this is since he signed. Um, you know, he's not going to go, I don't think, that much higher. Uh, we kind of get something that happens with players, like when they're free agents, their old ADP kind of serves as an anchor, right? So, like, I don't right. think he's – he was going so late before that I don't know how much higher he's going to go than, like, this 400 range. Uh, but I think he's fine. I think he's going to get close to full-time at-bats. He's got two positions and a DC. Obviously, that's a, a nice thing to have. Yeah. And uh, he's got some decent pop going to a better ballpark. Gives you a little bit of speed. Average that won't kill you. So, yeah, I'll, that's my guy. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I wanted to transition to your breakdown, Carlos. I always enjoy these. Um uh, you wrote up Rowdy Telez for Baseball Prospectus. So, um, tell me, what do you, what did you find on Rowdy, and where are you at on him this year? So Rowdy is uh, such an interesting guy because one, he's been valued at really, really nice ADP. He's one hundred and sixty. So that so that's tenth round, eleventh round territory, right? Mm-hmm. And um, among the first basemen uh, that can do whatever w- what I think he can do, that that is a great opportunity to, to get uh, you know a good value out of him. Um, we're talking about he's going after first basemen like um, Nate Lowy, Riz Hoskin, um, Ryan Mancastle, and he's going before. Uh, Ty Franz and Josh Bell. So I think he's at this moment he's pretty well valued. And why is that? Well, homers, right? He, we know that that Rowdy can can just put a lot of balls out of the out of the park. He he where he's coming from his best ever season with thirty five homers. He was just the third best. Uh, first ba- baseman in homers last season. He was top 10 in runs batted in, and he was one of the cornerstones of the Brewers' offense, right? He's again batting in a privileged position at, uh, in third in that lineup, just ahead of Contreras and behind Adamas. And the thing is that we know that he can hit the ball extremely hard, but he actually not an extra gear in 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 that so what he does best he's do, doing it even better he he gained uh exit velocity from first to second half uh last season he's entering his uh, prime age 27 season uh, and he is among uh, and another another very important thing is that he was one of the guys that got ma- more shifted before, and now with the ban of the sh- of the shift, mm-hmm. we I am pretty sure that that will help increase a little bit more his batting average with 
which has been like his biggest flaw. He's a 215, I think, uh, batting average guy. He, if he can get a, a couple of points there and puts himself in 230, that, that's a, a, a almost 10% increase there, there that can provide even more helpful. So if you're looking for a, a, a good option and if you didn't target, you know, the big bats at the beginning like Alonso, Abreu, or even my new favorite, Vinny Pascontino, Rody Taylor is just one heck of a, of a choice that you can make in later rounds. All right. There it is, a breakdown on Rowdy Tellez. I will throw one thing at you, though. He's probably, I mean, it's been well-documented. I mean, many people have talked about he's he's not going to play against le- lefties, most likely, right? And they have options on the roster with, uh, you know, like I mentioned, Brousseau or uh, even Brian Anderson so or Hira. Um, does that dissuade you at all from taking him? Um, no. No. At that price, no. I'm, I'm I'm of the position that bats speak for themselves. Man, when okay. they start, they start putting that ball out of the park, uh, it's gonna be a hard decision to to keep him. Uh, they'll squeeze him as much as possible. Okay. All right. So, um, do you know what his real name is? Oh my God! Now you uh, you got me out of, of balance there. No, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I thought you did a break, a deep dive on him. No, no not that deep, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, not that deep. No, I, I go deep, man. Like I, you're looking at analytics and you know barrel percentage. I'm looking oh, at their, I'm looking at their upbringing. You know, like I, I think we got to incorporate everything. Um, I'm trying to find their, their, uh, you know, family on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but, That's just talking, uh, man. Yeah, no, but you you gotta you gotta be committed to this if you're really gonna be an a, a NFBC or a, a fantasy baseball champion. Uh, but his real name is Ryan John. Can you? Oh my God! That? No, not at all. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If his name was Ryan John, it wasn't Rowdy. Do you think he'd be going a little bit later in drafts? Oh, for like, sure. How much does Rowdy just the name bump him up? Oh, like like a couple of rounds at least. I, I think so. I think I'd say let me be conservative. I would say ten picks. It gives them a, a ten picks. Forget no. projections. Like just the name. Like everybody wants Rowdy, right? So apparently the story is that his um, uh, let's see, he he was very active in the womb, um, and she his mom ended up calling him Baby Rowdy. Oh my god, and it's so cool. and that's just how you know. Uh, he he, and he's actually Mexican and Jewish, which is really just such a an interesting combination. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there there's some fun facts about Ryan John Telez. That's how I'm going to refer to him. From oh my now. God, no one's going to know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Anything else, Carlos? Before we before we wrap up our Brewers episode, anybody? Uh, anything regarding this team that you wanted to uh, put out there for our listeners? Well, actually, I, I would like to just go a little bit of script, and uh, I would like to thank the guys at the On the Wire podcast um, uh, because they they had in their last in their last episode they had really nice words for us, and and 
I just wanted to tell them that we appreciate all all everything that they they said about and um, that they are truly an inspiration. They they have more than a hundred episodes already, yeah. and, and they are just amazing analysts. So um, they're part of the gold standard in in podcasting. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really really um, nice to to hear whatever they they had to say about us and and we I wanted to just to you know shout them back and 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 let them know that they they they're part of the inspiration that from where we we want to you know for what we want to achieve absolutely yeah i i that's one of my favorite podcasts uh adam and kevin are, are amazing. yeah kevin and adam are just they're just awesome they've been really supportive of us from day one uh, so thank you guys. And Art was uh, Art uh, Tornabine was on that yeah. um, uh, episode ah, well, you were sure. referring uh, to. Art, I, I didn't mention Art because his family. He's, he's yeah, from yeah, here. but uh, yeah, he's he's also just uh, an awesome dude and and always yeah. encouraging. So I appreciate really so many people in this community. Um, totally. Just really, we got a, a good bunch here. It really is. So just very grateful um for you know all of you who listen who you know even if you don't listen it just like just being part of the community um is is just um i'm so uh i can't find the right word but like my life has become enriched just becoming more immersed in this community totally. um you know i used to I, i've talked about this before but like i used to just kind of like lurk in the shadows right and just kind of like read you know just try to like be on twitter just to get news and information but once i started to really put myself out there and engage with people and make connections uh it's definitely been uh had a positive impact on my life so um so yeah thanks for for bringing that up carlos um but uh yeah let's uh before we wrap up as usual we are going to do our mental health minute so uh, Carlos, you want to start us off? What are you doing to maintain your overall wellness right now, whether it's your mental health, physical health, both? Yeah, um, so this is part more part of the another side of life that uh, I think we don't talk enough, and it's parenting. And uh, as the proud uh, father of a teenager and a 10 years old boy, uh, a, a girl, a teenager girl. Um, I, I have to, and I want to tell everyone out there, man, it's okay to sometimes feel at lost. You know, it, it's yeah. normal. It, it's it's completely fine. Uh, I mean, I, I cannot tell you the the all the times that I just, oh my god, and now what I do, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, as with everything. You have to regroup, take your time, digest everything, look for the appropriate uh, advices and things like that. As always, you have you you cannot just expect to have the answers just by yourself. You know, it's it's way too hard job, and no one gave us instructions. And sometimes we come from you know complicated upbringings, and and mm-hmm. and that that doesn't help at all because we have our preconceived notions and and things that we are bringing with us and and if we want to you know get better and do do it better than maybe our faults because you know no one's perfect uh, so mm-hmm. we have to try to inform ourselves and 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 
take our time, but act. You know, I'm these days we've been having situations with our oldest, and and it's she's a teenager and she's seen 14 and going into new phases every day. There's a, a different thing every day, you know, mm-hmm. and there are going to come more of those days. Um, that that's part of life, and it's okay if you to feel tired some some days. Sometimes my wife and and I just look at ourselves and. and Think, oh my god and now what what are we gonna do now right um but we try to keep it yeah you know steady try to not take uh decisions emotionally it's not easy not easy at all but uh, we only have a chance to to raise our kids and we have to make the most out of it uh, as as hard as it is you know and uh, if anyone has advices to to share with me i'm more than happy to take them well my friend you you're a veteran at this point i mean you've um you're obviously what's that you'll be there man (laughs) yeah no i'm getting there my daughter is seven today and uh you know, actually, just before we went on, you saw Carlos like we were having uh, some trouble getting her to bed and uh, too much sugar and a little bit of an attitude. So I know uh, I just, you know, was do- was dealing with that a couple minutes ago. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it's not easy. There is no guide. Um, but uh, I think we-, we just that's awesome that you could express that here. And, you know, I think just whoever you can lean on for support, you know? Um, and, uh, I, you know, I honestly, I've even thought about like doing something like for the dads in this community, you know, just as kind of like uh, a non-baseball thing to just like chat, you know, I know for a while they were doing like meetups, like mental health meetups and, uh, Justin Mason's wife was running them. Yeah. Um, but I, I had considered doing something like just, I, I know, there, there's quite a few dads within oh, sure. this little Twitter community we have. So uh, we're I, I think we're in a different place now, like where dads are more involved and, and really, you know, it, it's not as much like it was 20, 30 years ago, oh, you know, sure. and uh, but there's there's such a learning curve and no kid is the same. No situation is the same. And like you said, we bring our own stuff from like our own childhood into our parenting. So we've got to be aware of that as well. And uh, it's just, it's not easy, man. But uh, I think what you're saying though, is that the struggles that you have as a parent are completely normal and okay. Uh, And and I think just, just normalizing that is is important for anybody out, anybody out there listening who is, um, you know, also, also a a father or or mom. Um, Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about balance and, you know, balance is something that I, it's a constant struggle, but it's something I strive for in my everyday life. And I actually want to relate this to fantasy baseball as well. So maybe it's a little bit of a stretch, but uh, hang, hang in with me on this one. you know, like in my life, I try to put myself in a position where I can, um, how do I say it? Like where I can best handle the unforeseen stressors that come my way, you know, and, and also take advantage of opportunities that come my way. Uh, so in order to do that, 
like if I'm going to be able to to handle, you know, because life happens, right? Like you get sick, uh, a loved one gets sick, your kid gets sick, uh, someone passes away. Like there's like so many things that life could throw at you. And in order to be able to handle that stuff, we got to make sure that we are in balance both mentally and physically. You know, I'm talking about it at a, at a broader level. You know, we're not, I'm not going to get into like the specifics right now of like what I do, but just like I, I try to be very intentional about checking in with myself. Okay. It, are like things out of whack physically for me? Are things out of whack mentally? Uh, it, it's kind of like, you know, life hits you sometimes. And if you are off, if one part of your life is off balance, it hits you like it can knock you down for a while. Right. And it takes a long time to recover. But if right. you've got those things, those those main like those, um, you know, those core things taken care of and, and in balance. Uh, yeah, you may stumble. You may stagger, but you're not going to get knocked down. You can recover much quicker. So um, and I kind of now relating it to fantasy baseball. You know, I had a draft recently that I felt really good about. I was really happy with the way it turned out. And the reason I realized that I felt that way was because I stayed in balance throughout the entire draft and made that a, a point. You know, like I made sure that I didn't have like no steals a- after five. Like I, I wanted to like at least have a foundation in everything at the beginning of a draft because then it it allows me to take advantage of like guys who are falling in the draft and not really feel like I can't take them because maybe I need a, you know, a stolen base guy. No, I've already got that taken care of, you know? So like just keeping myself in a position where I have leverage and, you know, um, don't have to make like a panic pick, you know, because I'm like desperate for something. I think it's, it, it may be funny like to think about it that way, but I think it almost can be like an analogy for life. Like, Keep yourself in balance throughout on a daily basis. And, you know, the, the challenges of life are, are not as difficult to deal with. And also it allows you to, you know, take advantage of the things that that may come your way. So that was more of a mental health monologue as opposed to a <laughs> mental health minute. But I, I hope that does that make sense, Carlos, what I was talking about? Totally, man. Totally. I, I completely agree with it. So uh, yeah, let let that be the uh, the key word for today's is uh, is balance. Balance. I love but it. Um, all right, so that's that's all I got today. Um, anything else, Carlos? Any other parting words before we end this episode? No, just take care, guys, and and I hope you you can keep us keep joining us for the rest of the trip. All right, all right. So we got. I think we have the Braves episode coming up. Uh, we've got. Uh, someone by the name of Justin Toscano, who does some great work uh, covering the Braves. So we are going to hopefully that's that will be our next episode. Uh, so until then, for Carlos, for Mike, for me, thank you for listening to the Fantasy Baseball Beat.